0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York City jazz trumpeter, composer, arranger, and educator Tony Kodlak. He opened up about his new 2023 CD, the Tony Kodlak Big Band Recording called Sides. It'll be released on February 10th, 2023. Throughout his career, Tony has been praised as a highly effective sideman who has lent his hand in numerous musical activities. He is currently one of the most sought after trumpet players in the New York area. While attending the New England Conservatory in Boston, he studied both classical and jazz music. To start things off, in 1986, Tony was asked to join the trumpet section of the Buddy Rich Band, and later that year, he decided to move to New York. He's got quite a story. Enjoy this interview.
1: Hi, Joe. Thanks for calling. Yeah, absolutely. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm excellent. Thanks for taking a minute out. I appreciate
2: it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.
1: So before we get into your big band album side, I want to know first and foremost, you know, we've gone through quite an ordeal, or I should say the jazz community has, with COVID the last couple of years, and I'm curious how you survived that time period, everything shutting down, and how that's changed the way that you approach things now that we're kind of coming out of it.
2: Well, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I think everyone in the arts, not just the arts, obviously, but, uh, but, all of my friends took a pretty substantial hit and uh, people did what they had to do to survive. Some people sold houses or sold instruments or, or whatever it is, or took took on different jobs. Uh, but I think what it did was it, it, it definitely made uh, the sometimes what we consider mundane, uh, just punching the clock uh, of uh, playing music with other folks we really uh, took it no longer for granted. If we ever did, um, I, I remember when I came back and I, I, my first, it wasn't even a gig. I was teaching and I, I played with a brass ensemble at my uh, at the college where I teach at, and started getting emotional because I hadn't played with people in whatever it was nine months at that point. Um, and I think what it's what it's done now is, uh, if anything, it's. Uh, I think people are trying to make up for lost time and they're, they're doing projects that they always wanted to do. And, and, and everyone's kind of fast tracking things now. Um, uh, for me, I recorded this thing in, uh, 2018, but, uh, Obviously, during the pandemic, didn't have the finances to make it happen. So it's finally coming out after four and a half years. But but people really appreciate things, I think, and, and take much less for granted uh, uh, the blessing of uh, music that they have every day.
1: So, but that's the other part of this. It has to feel good to have new material coming out. A new year. We've been you know kind of locked down for a while. Is there kind of a catharsis that, that goes into this? And especially since it's been since two thousand eighteen
2: yeah it's certainly been uh, a long road and there's not a day that went by that i didn't think god i got to get this thing out but uh just you know i didn't have time to or resources to mix it or master it and then finally things kind of came back to normal and it certainly is cathartic to have music out there in, in the world finally <laughs> after what seems like forever but uh, everyone's really a- a appreciating Uh, i recorded yesterday with this michael davis hippo and big band and everyone's really appreciating the time they get to make music now even more so than before i think
1: talk to me a little bit about your itinerary as it opened up now that the year's kind of moving on and we're hopefully getting towards spring here soon um do you have gigs coming up things happening i do i
2: uh i do a regular broadway show which is kind of the bread and butter uh if you will and uh, so that's eight times a week if I choose to do all eight. But uh, yeah, there's stuff that's, that's happening for sure. Maria Schneider is starting to get pretty busy. I play with the New York Pops. Their their season is finally in full swing after uh, a pretty uh, grim uh, few years and um, a couple of guest solo things and uh, and di- di- different different things. But I, I would say it's I would say it's almost back to normal, almost back to pre pandemic. Uh, stage, really, at this point, so which, which is wonderful.
1: So how did this jazz journey begin <laughs> for you? Talk to me a little bit about where you were born and raised, and how the seeds were planted in you to become who you are today in the jazz world.
2: Well, I, I was born in Binghamton, New York, uh, which is uh, kind of a middle-of-nowhere place, but uh, there must have been something in the water uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, when I was in junior high and high school, because uh, there were a lot of people that are pretty normal in the jazz world that I went to high school with, uh, uh, Steve Davis, trombonist, and uh, Dina DeRose, a great pianist and vocalist, and uh, John Hollenbeck, drummer, and uh, Chris Jensen, a saxophone player, Tom Dempsey, guitarist. So uh, they've all gone on to have careers in music, and uh, I think what happened was we all would hang out and go to Steve's father's record collection, and we would just pilfer it and just listen to jazz nonstop from, gosh, I guess maybe 79 to, in my case, 83 until I left for college, and uh, we, we kind of fed off each other and would turn each other on to different music, and it just it's an association that still continues till today. We have a text thread, and we're always turning each other on to new music. It's, it's really been great.
1: Do you remember the very first show you saw live that made you think that's what you want to do with your life?
2: Wow, that's a great question, uh, boy. I think at the time it might have been as a trumpet player, and he, he was such a big presence and kind of a trumpet jock. But when I saw Maynard Ferguson, I remember thinking, "Wow, this is sensational!" And it was so exciting, and that was, I guess, wow, maybe nineteen eighty seventy nine, eighty something like that. But it was he was really at the top of his game, and all the players in the band were terrific, and. I started thinking, wow, this is really cool. If I could ever do this, it'd be awesome. So,
1: You know, it's interesting. I, got a, I was texting a, a friend of mine that lives up in New York, and he's on an album as a sideman, and he was just kind of sent me a mischief and said, I just love being a sideman. I mean, he's been known as being a leader. And I'm curious with you, you've been a sideman for a long time. That's such an essential part of an outfit. Is that something that you're comfortable with? or or, uh, How how did that kind of materialize for you in your career?
2: Uh, I I actually uh, love being a side man because just coming to whatever project and and you know that whoever is leading the the date uh, or session or or whatever it is kind of pour their heart and soul into it. And just to kind of make that music come alive is is great and watch them get excited about it. In the same way that now if I lead something, which is incredibly rare, um, but it, it to 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 hear other players, you know, realize your vision for you is is pretty deep. It's 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 a it's an amazing thing and and, uh, and something I certainly don't take for granted. But but I'm 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 if anything, ninety nine point seven percent side man <laughs> at, at this rate yeah. anyway.
1: What has been the key to your longevity? You've been at this game for a long, long time, and there's something to be said about. Just being in the arts as long as you've been in, what has been the key for you?
2: Well, I I think one thing is there's always something new to learn. And in New York, anyway, people are just coming in droves. Just when you think you know everyone in town, someone new comes and they blow your socks off. And that that's incentive for me to go to the shed and just try to figure out my own thing. And, and it's just, it's always fresh. There's always fresh talent here and it it really keeps you on your toes and and just a love of music I I can't imagine doing anything else Um, I tell my students that musicians are inherently very intelligent folks and you could probably do pretty much anything else in life and make more money at it but uh, we don't get necessarily bonuses at the end of the year like wow you sounded really great here's $10,000, $10,000 but our bonus comes in the fact that you know you get goosebumps on your arm when something is really locked in or someone's just crushing a solo and and it's, it's a different kind of uh, thing and but you have to really love it and I can't imagine ever not having music in my life I don't know what I would do
1: so why do you love jazz
2: uh jazz in particular I love all kinds of music but I think what jazz offers is just the 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 ability to to just kinda of take take a little idea, the, the the head of a song and just expand and and, and make it your own. You know, you, you, you play choruses on it and and you just you just kinda of create on the spot and that's that's something that I try to get my classical students to do as well. Because it's we're sometimes we're just stuck to the paper so much that we're so concerned with right and wrong and we're worried about breaking rules and all that stuff and, and just the unabashed Way that jazz musicians can, can play and, and, and take something and, and, and twist and turn it into something that it, you would never imagine at the beginning of the song is, is something that I don't think a lot of people in the world are, are offered the opportunity to have, really. It's, it's tremendous.
1: So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the younger version of yourself, stay in your 20s, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the life you've lived, the choices you've made, the wisdom you've gained, what would you tell your young version? Uh,
2: I guess I would say everyone plays great. Just be a nice person. People want to be with, be, be someone that people want to be around, be respectful, take things seriously, show up on time. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Just, just to kind of, you know, just live life without, without the, the stress that you can get wrapped into. Cause uh, I know that I, 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 definitely run into a situation or an occasion where I'm behind the eight ball or I have to catch up with this and that and the stress level goes through the roof it's not that big a deal and, and at the end of the day I know that it's hard to realize that when you're in the moment but I would I would tell number one would just be to, to to be a good person and number two would would be just to sit back and enjoy life and not stress about small things.
1: So Tony, everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, colleagues, fans, but you live your life. You have a perception of you. Who do you think you are?
2: Well, I think at 58 I'm still figuring that out. Uh boy. And <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I think uh I I think I I I'm just trying to constantly learn. Uh just I would say perpetual student, just constantly trying to learn and different things. Uh uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Really, I just want to. I want to be good at a lot of different things, and or not good, good as uh, not the proper word, maybe proficient. And uh, I, I think that just taking on different things and accepting new challenges all the time is is a, is a great way to. I never want to stagnate. I guess is the bottom line. I just, I just don't want to stagnate, and I don't want to become complacent. In any way, because there's there's too much, there's so little time and too much to learn in in our lives.
1: So, where can everyone out there pick up the new album, learn more about you, any live gigs coming up, anything along those lines? Where can they go? Uh,
2: Thank you. Yeah, Uh, we're going to be at uh, Birdland in New York on uh, the 29th of January, which is uh, which is a Sunday, and uh, we'll be there 5:30 to seven. And that's kind of our pre-CD release party as the record doesn't officially come out until February 10th. But um, uh, uh, as far as um, what's next, I, I, I'm, I'm not really sh- sure. I'm just going to try to keep going and, and get a couple more gigs and, uh, and, and try to get this band out here and have the music heard. Just such great soloists on it. And I'm so proud of everyone. That's that's kind of what I'm focused on is, is getting to this... Uh, getting the record out and, and, and getting the this this gig happening. And, and I'm so excited to do it because I've, I've honestly only led a big band one other time in my life. And that's, uh, for my previous record, we had a CD release party. So uh, that's kind of eaten up most of my time now, and I'm excited for it.
1: Perfect, Tony. Hey, thank you, man, for taking some time out. Good luck with the album. Have a great 2023.
2: Thank you, Joe, likewise, and I appreciate what you do, so thank you.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Tony for his time, music, and honesty. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or Spotify. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz, all the time, go to the NeonJazz.BlockSpot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: Neon Jazz.